Ah yes, how good it is to hear the Roosters theme song again. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How Good Sport podcast. We've just rolled out of the two games in Vegas. Roosters getting up against the Broncos and the Manly Seagulls beating the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, Both fantastic games. I thought they were really entertaining. The NRLs absolutely nailed this concept and looks like they're going to be back there for the next four years. So that's super exciting for all the fans. I personally can't wait to try and get over there one year to see these games in Vegas to start the year. Just to start with the South and Manly game, um, in the first half, if we sort of just breaking it down into halves, um, the Rabbits started eight from eight. They looked really physical. They had a lot of the ball, had a lot of the momentum. Um, Manly stuck with them really well and, and to, secured some momentum of their own. They scored off a nice scrum play and, and sort of started to expose South's left edge on multiple occasions. Probably not, unlucky not to have at least one more try. Um, I felt like South's sort of bench reignited the bunnies to help them regain momentum and they scored quickly after courtesy of a beautiful Latrell pill and a great gag eye finish that pill from Latrell was just outstanding um, I noticed that Manly were really looked to bring their players underneath a lot and, and nearly got a try with Tommy Turbo and had another line break with that tactic and I saw that players being dropped back under into the middle of the field in both games and that, that was something that looked really great uh, Luke Brooks looked great and re-energized. It was so good to see him in another jersey and playing with a lot of energy and being really dangerous on that left edge. And we saw him loop around on the right. He nearly scored a try in that first half, and then he obviously scored the Matt Sheeler, but he had a couple of really nice plays in that first half. Tommy Turgo, Turbo looked good and, and had a shitload of meters by half time. I thought Olakawatu was an absolute demon. Uh, tackle breaks galore and, and scored a nice try off that scrum. And he was absolutely ironing out blokes in defense too. If I'm going to make any early origin crows, it is going to be for Olakawatu to make the origin side this year. Uh, Latrell looked great in so many moments. You know, his uh, his ball playing is just fantastic. He was mowing blokes over. But unfortunately, through that interceptor, Jason Saab on the stroke of halftime. So that sort of dulled his efforts a little bit. But he still had a fantastic game. He came out straight away and made up for it with a beautiful barge over try. Just showed his authority. And, geez, he was fucking pumped and G'd up after that. It was so good to see from Latrell. Uh, they scored a beautiful second try as well. It was perfect passing from everyone involved on that left-hand side. Latrell iced the cake with his classy hands, but that was a beautiful, very typical South try on that left edge. Um, it was a really great heads-up play from Croker to hit back with a try out of dummy half. Um, it was off the back of, of one of those plays where a player was turned back in from the edge back through the middle and, and Croker really capitalized on a quick play of the ball with a missing marker. So that was a fantastic play there from Croker. South sort of fell off a cliff a little bit after this. Lots of silly errors and penalties and um, a really poor read on Ben Turbo. And I'm not taking anything away from Turbo. He scored a nice barge over try, but um, between the um, Ilias and the right center, um, you know, they had him covered and it was a poor read and they both went for him and and left uh, Benny Turbo exposed on the edge there with, uh, he only had to barge over Damien Cook, I think it was on the edge there, or uh, sorry, Gagai. Um, so yeah, unfortunate read there for the Bunnies. And then DCE set up a nice try off a beautiful, subtle little kick for Garrick there. And, and during this period, it was really good to see 
Kohler roaming around the field. He roamed around to the right quite a bit and looked super dangerous. I can only imagine he's going to be a handful throughout the year. I, I thought he was playing on the right. I was a little bit surprised to see him on the left, but uh, something I missed there about the Manly plans for the year, but there were some exciting things there. A great try from Luke Brooks to seal the game for the Seagulls. Like I said, I thought he had a fantastic game. So good for Brooksy and good for the Manly fans to see Brooksy standing up and having a fantastic game. Um, I thought Manly looked like a fresher and fitter side as the second half unraveled. You know, the game started in the first half, Souths were all over them and it had a lot of good momentum and physicality, but I felt like, um, yeah, Manly sort of looked the fresher and, and fitter side. Souths really showed that they were missing Graham and Whiting out there. Lots of errors and penalties really compounded for them in that second half. They, I think they... Uh, it was 5-0 penalty count, and yeah, they had significantly more errors than Manly. So um, you just shoot yourself in the foot when you keep making that many errors for the Bunnies there. Um, I think JD really needs to work out what he's going to do with these edges and these middles. Jairo only played the initial first 20 or 25, then came off and played more time through the middle. Uh, Jacob Post only played 20 minutes. I, I really don't understand that. And what JD's doing there, I know it's only round one, so um, can't be too critical, but I think that's something he's got to look at. And like, what's the point of having him on the bench? Um, he played Havili through the middle, looked like Havili was playing lock. Uh, that's probably not what I would be doing. I, I think you've got to have fucking Talis Duncan coming off the bench, playing lock for the Bunnies. I think that's super important. He can come on and, and play that similar role to Murray. And if Murray's not going to be at lock, I think he still needs to be on the field somewhere. If you're not going to have Arrow on that edge or, or one of your edge players coming off, I think you just shift Murray there because I, I just don't know if South can afford to have Murray off the field. And he was off the field during some of these crucial periods where Manly scored some tries. So for the Bunnies, very disappointing last 20, 25 minutes considering some of the periods of play they had there through the middle. They sort of, uh, I expected them to dominate Manly and, and Manly really held their own. And um, yeah, South were, were fairly luckluster in that last sort of 20 to 25 minutes. So they'll be looking for a much better performance next time. Uh, South play the Broncos in round two, which is a couple of weeks away now after this Vegas fixture. So they've got a bit of time to work on some things there. Uh, for Manly, some very promising signs. Like I said, they play the Chookies in two weeks, four o'clock Sunday afternoon at Brookie. So that's going to be a cracker of a game. It looked like uh, Garrick had an injury there with his ankle and we obviously saw um, Jason Saab. Looks like he's blown his hammy. Hopefully that's not as bad as what it looked, but you know, going off the injuries we've seen from similar players in the past, it looked like a, a pretty standard torn hamstring injury. So fingers crossed and all the best for Jason Saab. Moving on to the Roosters and the Broncos game. I thought the Roosters got the upper hand very early as the game wore on. Both teams played um, pretty physical early on, very direct. It was good to see that Robbo seems to be starting the year with a much simpler game plan. You know, I talked about on some of my podcasts and my Roosters preview that Robbo can be guilty of outthinking the room and, and having a bit of a complicated game plan. And I felt like it was just a pretty simple game plan for the Roosters. So that was really good to see. A lot of involvement from Radley, Collins and Smith through the field. I haven't looked at heaps of the stats yet, but uh, I think Victor had, from what I did see, 170-odd metres and 30-odd tackles. I thought he was fantastic. He would have been my man of the match for the Chookies. Obviously, Teddy and, and Manu had great games as well, but uh, I thought Collins was fa- uh, Radley was fantastic. For the Bron- Broncos, Payne Haas doing his thing as per usual. He played the whole first half, I believe, so he he did his usual work. Unfortunate HIA for Pierre Curacao early into the game, only five minutes in. That was probably one of the things that was quite telling for the Broncos as the game wore on. 
like I said, the Chookie started the game really well and they had 10 from 10 completions or 11 from 11 to start the game. So that was fantastic. I thought their goal line defense looked really solid. And through periods of that first half, Brisbane held on really well. You know, the Roosters were up 8 0. And the possession was really even, but the Roosters just looked like they were getting better field position. They looked like the better side. Um, Walsh's brilliance helped set up a try. You know, he had his moments throughout the half. Um, we obviously saw Manu score a try off that intercept earlier in the half, and the Roosters got a penalty, so it was 8 0. And the Broncos held in there, and um, Reese Walsh helped set up a, a brilliant try with that kick um, after breaking off a tackle. So that was fantastic. He had his moments throughout the half and in the second half as well. Haas and Collins both played the whole first half, and they were great, and, and that's why these guys are the representative forwards that they are. Uh, I liked it when both sides were turning the players back in through the middle, which I said, and, and we saw a lot of success in that Manly game. I think that's going to be something we'll see a lot throughout the year. And like I said, just Victor Radley, I thought he was the standout in the first half for me. In the second half, I thought it was a great battle to start the second half. Uh, lots of direct play through the middle, just a bit of a, a battle of attrition. We saw Teddy with some great takes off high kicks, both in attack and defense, and he was absolutely everywhere throughout the second half. Um, the uh, the Manu assist for that junior Paga try was just fucking ridiculous. I can't believe some of the shit he comes up with. He was brilliant. He played that roaming role really well today. One of the things that really stood out for me was Manu and Teddy didn't overplay their hand at all today. So I thought that was really good, really promising for the Roosters in the future going forward. Um, Billy Walters' pill and then the silky hands from the left-hand side for the Broncos' second try was beautiful to watch. So if you watch that play again, you'll see Billy Walters threw a cutout ball from dummy half where he cut out one of his players, isolated one of the Roosters' defenders straight away, helped create that overlap, and then we saw beautiful hands down that left. I think it was Walsh onto Paddy Carrigan and then Selwyn Cobo to seal it onto the winger. So that was fantastic work from the Broncos. And just touching on uh, Billy Walters, I thought we saw some really nice moments from him. Obviously, the Broncos didn't have their best game, but I thought there were some great moments from Walters. He had a nice line break in the first half and he nearly kicked for a 40-20. So he's really becoming a well-rounded dummy half for the Broncos and, and sort of moving into that Topper echelon, I reckon top 10 hookers in the game now. I think he's become a, a really quality hooker for the Broncos and in the NRL, Billy Walters. Uh, the game got a little bit fiery in the last 15 minutes. We obviously saw some stuff going on with Spencer Lenu, Terrell May, I think Paddy Carrigan and Ricky were involved. There was a pretty nasty allegation thrown towards Spencer Lenu. So um, obviously, you know, due process will due processes will go on there but uh, let's hope you know what has been allegated was not said and that's the last we hear of it but understand these things need to uh, go through their process and it's not on in the game I was really impressed with Luke Keary and Sam Walker's defense they made multiple try savers around the legs I saw Keary made two one really important one on Jordan Ricky so that was great to see you know they both had to make Plenty of tackles. I think they might have had 20 to 25 tackles each, something like that. So that was really good to see for the Chookies. I really enjoyed seeing Kiri um, having some really smart kicks in this game. I was quite critical of his kicking game and the Roosters' kicking game in general in my preview, but I felt like the kicking game for the Chooks was much improved today. Obviously, this narrow field, smaller field thing comes into it, but I saw Kiri was able to find some space on multiple occasions, so I thought that was fantastic. I thought the the wingers for both sides were really good. Um, both 
the wingers didn't. I think Jesse Arthur's ran for 180. Tupo had a big output. Uh, Junior Ponga ran for 160 or 170. Uh, Dean Mariner, Spaghetti Mariner, had a few great moments for the Broncos at the back. So I thought um, the Broncos wingers in particular had a lot of pressure under the high ball, and I th- think they did a pretty good job diffusing some tricky kicks against big units like Suwali'i and Manu and Tupo as well. So... Um, the Roosters' goal line defense really impressed me, and, and the smaller halves, like I said, defended really well. Uh, it goes without saying for the Broncos that the loss of Pierre Coral was really costly. The 14 errors doesn't help. So when you're a player short on the bench and, and lacking a bit of experience through the middle, and, and 14 errors really compounds that. So the loss of Pierre Coral meant that uh, Carrigan had to shift out onto an edge and just meant that they had, they lacked a bit of that punch through the middle. Obviously, it changes their systems when Carrigan's not ball playing through the middle, not making those meters, and then it also means that Walters has to reconsider his interchange as well. So I think for Kevy, he might want to look at reconsidering whether Xavier Willison provides a little bit more versatility off the bench. He could have jumped in on the edge, and you could have left Paddy Carrigan there, and I'm I'm not saying that um, Marty Tapao had a bad game necessarily, but I think as an option to play both front row and edge Xavier Willison might be a better option for the Broncos going forward all in all I thought standout players Victor Radley he would have been my best on ground Teddy was fantastic like I've said already I thought he did a good job in not overplaying his hand Manu was fantastic did the same as Teddy had a beautiful try assist there Lindsay Collins was great real warrior effort um I thought Brandon Smith looked really good in the opportunities he had, so they were probably my standouts for the Roosters, as well as Terrell May off the bench. I think he ran for 150 metres off the bench and made 30-odd tackles, so he just continues to um, develop into a fantastic front row for the Roosters off the bench. Uh, there was a point there where him and uh, Lenny were getting a bit heated off the bench, and then half of me was like, oh, fuck, a little bit worried about what this looks like. But if we can get the most of them and, and channel some of that aggression in the right direction, um, then it's a pretty scary interchange that the Roosters are looking at throughout the year. For the Broncos, like I said, I thought Billy Walters was good. Reese Walsh had some moments, obviously. Um, set up the first try, was involved in the second try, had some great runs, looked very dangerous. There was a period, though, where he kicked the ball dead. Um, you know, obviously he makes these big plays, and, and this is part of the reason I love him. He's not afraid to make the big plays, but unfortunately they can be costly at times. So I think there was one period where he kicked the ball dead, and then he had an error in the next set. So he's going to come up with these type of plays, but he was the one player on the Broncos team that was trying his butt out. As a man, tried really hard, got a little bit lost at times, I felt, on that left edge with some different players around him compared to Herbie Farmworth and Capewell last year. So there's a little bit of combination work that needs to happen there. Payne Haas had some good moments, did his usual thing. Um, but I think for the Broncos, you know, they've probably just got uh, lacked a little bit of oomph through that middle there. And, and they've obviously lost a bit of experience with Flegler going and on the edges as well, Cobo and um, Katoni Staggs. Fuck, I had an absolute mind blank for a second there. Cobo and Katoni Staggs probably just need a little bit more output for the Broncos when their four pack's not able to dominate like that. They probably need a little bit more from the outside centers there for the Broncos. But all in all, I thought it was a fantastic game. Very entertaining game. I think all the sides we saw today are going to make the top eight and going to be pretty competitive um, throughout the rest of the year. Um Manly and Roosters, both the winners play next round. It's going to be pretty exciting. But uh, that's just a bit of a rapid review. We might do a, a more extensive review throughout the week, but we will be pumping out a couple more of our season previews before the rest of the sides 
kick off the NRL this week, and we will be doing a preview of the remaining six games throughout the end of next week. But otherwise, thank you very much for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, and review the podcast. Any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Otherwise, have a fantastic week. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.